0: This is Ozarks at Large. Later this month, a new podcast called Undisciplined will begin. It's a collaboration between the Department of African and African American Studies at the University of Arkansas and KUAF. It's hosted by Dr. Karee Batten, the director of the Department of African and African American Studies, and produced by Ozarks at Large's Matthew Moore. We recently invited Dr. Banton to come to the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio to discuss her inspiration for the podcast. She says the title "Undisciplined" is very intentional. It refers to the cross-discipline approach taken by the Department of African and African American Studies.
1: Speaking specifically to the ways in which disciplines are constructed, and particularly the the, the space that uh, Black people and Black ideas find itself in a white, predominantly white university, right? Um, and so um, in thinking about what defines the black studies mindset on discipline was the most appropriate Title for that because if you think about the kinds of intersectionality that necessarily defines a Black Studies mindset, right? It, you know, we're con- we're we're concerned about um, you know distinct you know categories of identity, right? Whether it's race, gender, class, and thinking about um, how we can analyze those categories and um, how they in terms of how they interact and strengthen or undermine each other. Um, using different disciplines, whether it's sociology or history, law, economics, literature, right? We have questions, and we will go to any discipline that will allow us to um, answer those questions. So it is undisciplined in that regard. So that's why we named it that.
0: I love it because it's just it's natural curiosity is what you're talking about. Uh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, thinking about... Um, again, how the university structures itself as discipline-specific, whether I'm a historian, so I'm in the history department. Um, And and in fact, if you think about the university, too, as complicit with some of the kinds of racism or sexism um, that has affected... um, the position of um, minorities in 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 academia right black studies also pushes against that mm. right so it's also on discipline in that regard so if you have a question um for instance it's you cannot rely on the traditional disciplines. You know, I'm a historian. You have the in School. Dunning helped to create the infrastructure of Jim Crow, right? So, you yeah. know, you have to have multiple ways of getting around um, some of these disciplines that have been complicit. And I think that's really the strength that— um black studies bring to the university and and the kind of undisciplined way of um approaching questions that you said is at the core of critical thinking.
0: This is a great idea for a podcast whether it's now or years ago or years in the future but what led to now for this podcast?
1: Well, I mean, we're we're sitting in the middle of this backlash against um Uh, uh, black studies in some regards. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen the backlash against the 1619 Project, right? Um, Spearheaded by the likes of Nicole Hannah-Jones. And the efforts to center black people in a history of the United States, it's met with so much higher animosity and venom. Fear. (laughs) The fear, right? As it becomes the new boogeyman as to what Um, you know, America is not, right? And then we've had this latest thing now with critical race um, theory, Mm -hmm. right? That seems to have become the new catch-all because 1619 wasn't as sexy in terms of captivating the audience's fear. They're like, 1619, 1776, you know, critical race theories, you know, taking on all that. And so um, we're in this time where, We have this kind of pushback and and people's fear. But we also had the moment last summer after George Floyd where we saw people's interest um, in black studies, um, in the black experience, um, not only in America but worldwide, right, in understanding white supremacy, um, in understanding the various facets of black life. Um, sore, right? Mm -hmm. All the books were coming off the shelves, right? right? Um, People were understanding how a thing like George Floyd could happen. They wanted to read about it. They wanted to understand it. And so I think this podcast offers an opportunity to take the the classroom on the airwaves, you know, to talk about some of the things that we discussed in the classroom and really have people get comfortable, have some of the difficult conversation, learn some of the terminology that I know people are interested probably, but they have some fear that they might say the wrong thing. Right. You know, so if you can learn some of the lingo and the ways of, you know, treading these kinds of waters, you might gain a little bit more confidence in having these very necessary discussions. So the time is ripe for these kinds of um, discussion to be had. And I think... To be public facing. We know that academia can be, um, or academics can be navel gazers, you know? <laughs> yes, <laughs> so yes, yes. we're trying now to not be talking to the 10 people in our fields, but to be talking to the public because we have to combat disinformation.
0: Right. As, as you and I sit here and talk, I think you've recorded five or six.
1: Yes. Just give us a
0: hint of some of the people or topics that we'll hear.
1: Right. So we've spoken to um, about uh, critical race theory. Uh, we've talked about what uh, black studies in its inception and its in, in evolution was meant to do with Dr. Scott Brown at UCLA. Um, uh, we've spoken to um, Dr. Valendra about um, healing racial trauma right um, and even local um, issues here that have you know she can relate to specific example of local communities grappling with um, racial um, trauma. And um, we've spoken to a young journalist who just finished his MA, um, Obed Lamy, um, about what is going on currently in in Haiti, Mm. right? And Haiti is very important to African and African-American studies, right? Or black studies, as we call it. Um, Because it was Haiti that was so... um, Haiti's revolution that helped to fuel abolition and so on. So the concerns of black studies... Um, largely focused, you know, around topics like that. So um, Mr. Lamy was able to give us um, some insights as to his experience as a Haitian here in the United States, talking about how, you know, he's perceived, how, you know, growing up, the kinds of history that he's learned compared to what he's learned here in the United States, um, and how that history of Haiti has, you know, you know fuels what he does today, right? Um, and and give us some insight into the assassination and the long involvement of the United States in um, Haiti's affair. Um, we've spoken to Ms. Sharon Killian um, from. Art ventures um, about the intersection of um, African and African American studies and art. Right, the utility of art. You know, artists go to work for um, you know helping to uplift. Um, and uh, again, in in, in in Black studies, we are we are concerned about um, the efforts to by the community to 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 heal itself, to to evolve, to move past trauma, but to also find joy, right? And so um, Sharon Killian uh, provided that for us. Uh, We also spoke to Dr. Nadja a professor in political science um, here at the University of Arkansas, and he talked to us about politics and protests, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Comparing Uh, The experiences of January 6th when uh, white protesters, by and large, uh, stormed the Capitol as compared to, you know, Black Lives Matter and even the protests here at the university campus um, at Black at York. How effective are these protests, the evolution of protests in American history, you know, um, strategies, tactics, you know, um, what they're good for, what's how, you know, students in particular can leverage protests protest and things like that. So we have a lot of things lined up in terms of running the full gambit of the concerns, the different methodologies that um, African and African-American studies uh, employ to get at these questions that, you know, and concerns around um, um, Black people that people might have. So we plan on um, talking to a number of people about the wide amount of information um, and concerns and issues that um, Black studies takes up.
0: You mentioned that, you want to have these conversations that these will help because sometimes people are not familiar with terms or glossary words or – and I'm thinking one word, uh, um, diaspora. I think there are a lot of people who aren't perhaps as well familiar with that as others. Is that a word that is –
1: Oh, absolutely. When, you know, people uh, probably, you know, get, you know, um, stumble on some of these terms as academics, you know, we like Mm -hmm. to be not clear. Uh, Well, you you get get used to words. (laughs) Yes. And so I I think that's one of the issues, too, why this podcast is needed, right? We get hung up on, you know, academia can be very jargony and people feel excluded. Mm -hmm. um, And they're not, you know, so that's why we try to be a little bit a little um, real housewives me is academia you know talk so that people can understand you, right? So when you talk about diaspora, we're talking about people who uh, left the African continent, whether it was forcefully through the transatlantic slave trade and came here, the 12 million who went to either Suriname or Jamaica or Barbados or Charleston or Virginia or Brazil that received the majority of the enslaved people, you know, or in Latin America, Mexico has a black population, right, Um, in the same way that the Jews have a diaspora. Right. Right. And so when we talk about African and African American studies or black studies, we're not bound by geographical location because black people are not centered just in the United States. Right. We consider the world to be our purview. Right. And so it is necessary to study that diaspora and the experiences um, within that global presence, um, whether it's in America or it's in Europe or. Asia, or Asia, the Pacific, or, or anywhere else, right? So we, we can connect and draw parallels to the experiences. In fact, um, we're working on a class right now called Distant Relatives, mm. Um which is taken from um I, you might know the album um Nas and David yes. Marley yeah. and the album called Distant Relatives and so it's like black people we think of ourselves as cousins you know so whether you are in Cuba or DR or Jamaica or the United States or Brazil right we can um chart the continuities or the um the the discontinuities um parallels between people of um, black people who exist in these diverse locations and at disparate times and eras, uh, you know, to think about all of the different things that ha- that has happened to them. So um, diaspora is one of those key terms that, um, you know, we are going to try to unpack and think about, um, think about alongside with people.
0: I love that you said real wives meets academia because there's this idea that academics don't enjoy... You know, anything but
1: <laughs> yes,
0: this dusty old Pe- novel.
1: People all the time judge me for watching Real Housewives. I'm like, there are black people on there. I study black people. There are people, too. I I like it, you know? And I think people have these ideas about what academics, similarly similar to how they think about how an academic should look, right? Mm-hmm. It should be a man, probably a white man, with, with a pipe, tweed, yes. with a jacket, a tweed, with a patch, yes, yes. you know? And, you know, they're always in deep thought, strenuous thinking, you know? And necessarily, you know, you can't find um, or, or think about ideas as they might exist, Um you know, uh, in everyday life, you know, style. <laughs> right. We have uh, a faculty who think about fashion and style. You know, what are the circumstances that led to the black people taking, uh, you know, bad apples and made, you know, or bad peaches and making cobbler, <laughs> you know, or when they their drums were taken away, you know, as they sought to. Uh, stop African-Americans and black people and elsewhere communicating with each other through talking drums, start clapping their hands. Baiting their chest, beatboxing, right? So in the most mundane of things, right, we have these kinds of experiences that people dismiss as not scholarly <laughs> right. or, or anything worth um, taking up. And we're, we are trying to, you know, do away with that divide and that line, right? So that's why I said Real Housewives, meet academia or dance hall or rap music or whatever. We're Marvel trying Comics. To, yes. Yes. Yes, we're trying to um, to break down those barriers and those walls, and to bring people in because that's another thing too that um, Black Studies is concerned with: the community. The community must necessarily be a check and balance on. On, on, on the discipline, right? Um, the knowledge must go back to the community. The university must go to the community and the community must come to the university so that we don't have this divide. So we're not, you know, scholars. <laughs> what do you call it? The coastal elites, you the know, ivory just, tower. the tower, ivory tower, right. you know, just um, doing all this kind of abstract stuff that has no utility. Right. Black studies, when it was founded, was very much concerned and connected with the community. Because, Outreach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, academia, as we know it, as a conservative institution, right, you ha- and tend to be you as a study is co-opted right. by academia. Right. right. How do you keep innovating if the community is not there? Right. You know, so, again, we yeah. must keep the community close.
0: All right. One last question about you. You grew up in rural Jamaica.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm going to ask the nine or 10 year old Cree something. (laughs) Yes. Can you imagine that you will be the head of a department at a university in the United States? Is that is that was that on the the radar?
1: I didn't even know what Ph.D. meant (laughs) (laughs) growing up um, in Jamaica. I mean, growing up under very difficult circumstances, very hard times, um, certainly, you know, as a bright person, but having no one around who was engaged in any kind of graduate work, let alone doing a PhD. All I knew is that I liked stories and I love the... the Um, little person winning, (laughs) right? The underdog, (laughs) I love the underdog stories, and I like people pushing back. And so, um, you know, I started out college as a computer programming major. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm an immigrant, right? They they want you to make um, some kind of money. I mean, a historian, like, what are you going to do with that, you know? And so when, you know— Struggles with math, <laughs> you know I had to go back to the thing that I'd always loved. you know, I always got in trouble for like going under the bed to read books, and I'm very fascinated by stories, you know I'm always in big people's company trying to hear what they're saying, and um having a little bit of um fomo about all the things that happened in the past, like what you know you know you did this way, you know, so it was that was always my passion, and so, you, you. Everyone can tell when I get to the classroom that whole, the stories um, that I'm telling or the the kinds of. Um, Um, experiences of black people to talk about that with others really thrills me. And so I'm just happy that that 10-year-old Karee, you know, gets to be in this position now where she can be doing something that she's really passionate and excited about and happy to be bringing it to a bigger audience.
0: Dr. Karee Batten is the director of the Department of African and African-American Studies at the University of Arkansas and the host of the new podcast, Undisciplined, which is being produced by Ozarks at Large's Matthew Moore. The first full episode will be available two weeks from today. Future episodes will drop every other Wednesday, and you'll hear excerpts every other Wednesday here on Ozarks at Large. Undisciplined will be available wherever you already subscribe to podcasts.